everybody. It's Kevin Goatee from Sportsbook Box Office Podcast. Jeff and I cannot wait to have Irene Bremist on our next show and a bunch of other comics we even haven't booked yet. But I promise we'll get some great guests for you in the upcoming weeks. I promise you this, though. We will be talking a lot about football and how the playoff picture is heating up in the NFL. That's the Sportsbook Box Office Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, you name it, we're on it. Check us out on Instagram, Sportsbook Box Office, as well as Sportsbook Box Office on Twitter. This is a podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Let's do this. Welcome everyone to the Gravity Beard Podcast. We're actually not recording in Studio A today. We're on location in the home of my parents. Thank you as always to our listeners. We appreciate your continued support. Hey guys, thanks for coming back for part two. Well, thanks for, thanks for having us. Mom, are you ready to continue? Sure. Okay, let's do it. But um, let me think. There was a fire... In um, <clears throat> in the bake shop on on Valit Street, and that had been devastating for my father because he, uh, you know, had er- this had everything prepared for Christmas fruitcakes, which you can make ahead of time. That was all done and whatever, and um, and uh, a baker uh, uh, forgot to properly put out his cigarette in the locker room in the basement and um and then um somehow it the the cigarette whatever um traveled but I don't know and in the basement was huge bags of flour and sugar and whatnot all and all that started on fire and it shot upstairs and and the the, the big oven dropped to the basement and oh my god and so is anyway. that is that the same fire that happened around the time you were born? Yes, and so um, that that location that that shop or that location was blocked from from where we lived, and so my mom was um, upstairs doing whatever and heard all these sirens, and um, the, I can still see this one bathroom that would look over on that to that street, and she saw that it was the bake shop. Well, I was to be born in February, I believe, or. And uh, however, I was I came um, in uh, in January a month a month early. My mom was just ah. Uh. Well, that that's a I think that's a good place to transition. Yeah. Your birthday is January eighth. Yeah. Nineteen forty four. Mm-hmm. Same as Elvis Presley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell, yeah. Now, now the the story of your birth and where you fall in your family in terms mm-hmm. of how many siblings mm-hmm. and all of that is actually kind of interesting. Yeah. So why don't you explain that? Okay. Well, okay. So you can imagine what what it was like for my father after the the fire, and then my mom expecting the baby, and so and by baby, the what? You mean you? Me? Right? Yeah. Me. 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 So um. Um, I don't know how my mom communicated, uh, maybe phone or whatever, to my dad that she she had to go to the hospital. So uh, he had to rush away from uh, wherever he, you know the big shop. And wait, was, at this point, did your siblings know that your mom was pregnant? Oh no, they didn't know. 
Yeah, they didn't I think know. that's a very interesting part and, of the and story. Why didn't they know? Yeah, why didn't they know that your mother was so well, pregnant just, that she was about to you, give birth? Ju- you just didn't talk about. It. Plus, my mom you didn't talk about it. <laughs> Plus, my mom. Walked. So, so hang on a second. So, in this modern age of social media and whatnot, where everybody tells you everything and it's super public, can yeah. you just imagine? You had five older siblings. Yes. They weren't even aware that your mother was pregnant with you. Well, my mom was a small person. I, I only weighed five pounds. <laughs> I only weighed five pounds. Goodness gracious. My mom wore house dresses and aprons every day. Every day. And so, you know, the, yeah. And our household, so the subject just didn't come up. Hey, we're going to have a baby. Nope. Nope. <laughs> And everything was so busy. The That's fire. So fantastic. And, oh my God. So anyway, you uh, know, people just get busy with their stuff day to day. Don't to tell, mention it to other family to members. Tell your other five children that they're going to have a sixth sibling. Yeah. Okay. So um, my father rushed uh, to the house, and I, I don't know how the, the word got to him, but anyway, but they had a car, drove me. But before we get too much further, just tell us where you fall in your family. You're the sixth. The youngest of six. Yes. Okay, and so, so you have three brothers and there's three boys and three girls. Correct. We had, in your there's, family, there was two girls, three boys, and then myself. Every two years, uh, there was a, uh, another little addition. Except uh, there was six years between my brother and myself. And uh, so, anyway, my dad got my mom up to the hospital, and my mom told me that my my. Um, Dad went to the desk and, and told the woman that was checking my mom in that he wanted a private room. And she looked at him. Of course, he, him and his were clothes and probably looked exhausted. He, you, and she, he was asked the question, you can afford a private room? Because so, he was one of those. I mean, he literally looked like a worker. He was he in was his worker, white exhausted, clothes, dirty, dirty from the bake, baking all day. Correct. correct. So Fantastic. anyway... Um, I uh, got my mom settled in into a wheelchair, and um, and uh, he dashed back to the bake shop. And she, wait, so yeah, I feel like you're put, like you're you're flying past some important details here. Wait, so he put, so he didn't stay he for didn't your birth. Stay oh, no, for your birth? No way. But th- he wouldn't have been allowed work. in the back anyway. Okay, so no, he there was put your mom. Excellent point. You put he put your mom in a wheelchair, uh-huh. and then said. Peace out. Said good luck with all that. Good she luck. was checked in. She was in good hands. It was 1944. She was like, okay. Do he was like, you guys do your thing. Do you know how much work he had to do? It was a non-stopper. So much bread well, to make. And you said that the fire had occurred before Christmas. Oh yeah. So they had not recovered from the fire. Oh, it was a. Oh no, they they um um were working out of some uh, friend's bakery down down the road somewhere. And your mom was probably just fine with this. Well, that was that was it. She was, she like, was yeah, a, I understand. She you was a worker. Work this is what you ask. <laughs> this is number you six. Roll. I'm good. You come back later. We've done this before. Okay, so then, you so roll she with whatever comes down. She was down in the lobby in the wheelchair, and they just, they were like, "Okay, we need to get Pres- you up to labor and delivery." Presumably, inactive labor. Inactive labor. Right. Must have been. And so, tell us about how your birth is similar to Noah's birth. Do you want to tell a little bit about Noah's birth? I'm not going to tell that story, but for the listener's sake, Noah is my, at the moment, my youngest son. Actually, that's not true. By the time this this is produced, I'll have another child. So, <laughs> so Noah, Noah is my third child who has a very unique and exciting story of his birth, which is not unsimilar to the story you're about to tell. So tell us about your story, Mom. 
Okay, so um, obviously I, I got into the elevator with, you know, with my mom and with, <laughs> with Denny in the wheelchair, and I was born in the elevator. Then, then a 1944 hospital elevator. Correct. Not, not a current big big oh, no. ADA elevator. elevator. With the big so iron, she iron had gates and, the the baby in the wheelchair. Correct. I mean, besides your mother and the person with the wheelchair, you don't know this. You were you were, you were the, the person that was born, but mm-hmm. but do you understand that that is it? Your understanding that it was just the person with your mother yes. with the wheelchair, mm-hmm. the attendants, and, yes. And who was that person? And I don't know. So there was just one other person with your mother in a wheelchair. Correct. Yes. So just in summary, yeah, that was that is very similar to how Noah was born. So, uh, uh, yeah, our precious Noah. But anyway, what's what's kind of humorous for me is um, um, when I was in seven, sixth, seventh grade, I was a candy striper at that very hospital, St. Joseph's. And um, they had not renovated that hospital. So I was in the elevator because I was, you know, taking mail and whatnot. They hadn't renovated it. (laughs) Probably in the very elevator in which I was born. I Several times. And you never never knew that you were born in the elevator. And how did you find out you were born in the elevator? Only because of uh, the very interesting and amazing circumstances regarding Noah. Uh, Then I call my sister long distance to Wisconsin. And Auntie Millie told you the story. Uh, telling and she's about like, oh, Noah. how about that? Because that's Noah. how like, you were born. Three years ago, you heard this story. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. I said, After you know, 70 years, she never said, knew that these details said, about her own birth. I got to tell you what happened with Chris, Chelsea, and, and the baby. She's like, you're never going to believe this. She's like, actually, I do believe that because that was your story. Yeah, and she calmly said, well, you know, you were born in an elevator, too. I said, what? Would you please repeat that? Well, you know, wheel, the, the commonality is the wheelchair, not the... <laughs> You were born in a wheelchair, just like just on the like way Noah. to labor and delivery. This is yes. why you and Noah are so close, I just, think. Yes, I don't know. I that's a, that that's in the red hair. That's a that terrific. Red hair. That in the red hair. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't connected us. It's like a whole genetic thing with them. Oh my god! Oh, 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 oh. So oh. you you make an interesting note here, where you say when you were born, you were small enough to fit in a shoebox. That is true. And yeah, and you did not have a bed or a crib when mm-hmm. you were brought home. Oh no! You were put in a wash basket. A wash basket. <laughs> <laughs> My mom said, "I you I put you in a wash, but but you could have fit in a shoebox." She was only five pounds. In today's standards, Grandma and Grandpa were not prepared like we all are today. No, there were no showers. You mean they didn't? Nothing. They didn't have a gift registry at Bed Bath and Beyond and um, a house full of stuff from two no or three way. showers. Mm-mm. And for months, plan a nursery. No. Right. Exactly. No, That's not what was. happened. You, uh, your husband drops you off in a wheelchair in active labor, goes back to the bakery, and you're brought home and put in a wash basket. That's, that's how things were done in 1944. It was the war. The World War II was going on. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, thank you for bringing that up. That's that's a point we, we might have missed had you not said that, because mm-hmm. that's the other thing is is there are, there are significant historical events that we've mm-hmm. already talked about mm-hmm. uh, in the background of your story because the bakery was born or the bakery was bought in the great depression mm-hmm. you were born with one year remaining at the time you didn't know mm-hmm. in, in world war ii mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you were born on january 8th i think about about a year later i think yeah. it was and the world was topsy-turvy i think it was 18 months i think it ended in september of 45 yeah unbelievable i know i know okay so you grew up in a shoebox no, you didn't grow up in a, you could have, you could have grown up in a shoebox, but instead it was a wash basket. Um, 
Where do you want to go next? When I was that okay, when I was in fifth grade, they moved from the, the house that my dad built in um, '38, um, and um, moved into a beautiful home um, in um, in Milwaukee also. And that would have had been, let me think, 50, oh gosh, um, 50, 55. When they moved to Colonial Drive. Correct. Okay. Correct. So um, um, obviously the business kept thriving, and um, my um, brothers were able to go to private private school, my sisters to private high schools, and um, so. Uh, but even with all work, this work, 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 with all this success, mm -hmm. when you were born. Mm -hmm. um, you were you lived in your parents' room for a long time. Oh yeah, like mm -hmm. you first started off in the wash basket, and then mm -hmm. then what happened? And I just was had a crib in the corner of my mom and dad's bedroom. Till what age did you live in that crib? Until I was eight, but I was eight, small. Eight years, not eight months. Eight years old. Right, and then but I was small. Right, and then you only had a drawer, right? One drawer. And a little space to hang up a couple of dresses in my mom and dad's closet. But you rarely wore dresses. I, you know, I wore my brother's clothes because there were uh, my two older sisters and my three brothers. And so um, you just wore their little uh, little bib corduroy pants. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, you, 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 were, you didn't know any different. You just didn't know any different. And it was okay. The most important thing was, in spite of all that, we had love in that family. And we all always had a good meal on the table. Always. My mom always made sure we had good food. So when you have all that, um, what more do you need? You don't need any more. Not really. Not really. Yeah. Not but, really. Not but, really. And that was, mm -hmm. like, really the business and just family time together was the focus. Because you didn't have a lot of toys. No. Or. Oh, No. There weren't a lot of birthday, individual birthday parties. And I only had one birthday party. I was so excited. Oh, my God. Which one was that? I don't know. Maybe six years old or so. Six or seven. And what caused them to arbitrarily throw a birthday party for your sixth birthday and not the My mom birthdays? did. My mom yeah. had a birthday party for me. Yeah. Yeah. What, what so. kind of relationship did you have in your early school years with your mother and father? Mm, that's a a good question. Um, not with my father because he was hardly ever home and when he was home he was exhausted. Literally exhausted. And my mom was always working or cooking. Working or cooking. Because she did the books. She did the book. She took care of the six children. Her mom who was sick with, uh, with a stroke and the books for the bakery and yeah. So there was... Um, there wasn't a lot of time. My um, so so who did you spend time with? I spent um, time um, with um, my uncle, uh, the priest. Uh, he would come to our home um, on his day off. Father and, Richard. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and um, he would take my my brothers to a movie. At, oh, they loved going to see Abbott Costello and that kind of thing. And I always wanted to go with them, but they said, "Oh no, you're just too little, <laughs> you're too young." Well, they were a lot older. But, yeah, but, on, older. but on a on a day to day basis, who did you spend time with? Who, uh, who did my, you play with as a little girl? My cousin down the street, and her my her her, her dad, my uncle, 
was not only my um, my godfather for baptism, but um, he also worked in the bake shop. And his name is Florian, and one of my one of my mother's brothers. And um, he, that, that's how he made his living for his family. And they lived in a little duplex down the street. And um, I used to go down there and play with my, my cousin Joanne. She was, um, I think, one year younger than me. And um, they were just um, so good to me. They would let me come in. And we'd <laughs> we would play um, house and dolls. And, um, and my aunt would let let me play under, with my cousin under the dining room table because we set up a house down under there. And and also sometimes in their car, cause that would be our house, or um, in an empty lot down the, on the, on the, down the street, which was um, uh, just dirt and, and had a big, big hole dug out of it. And um, um, That was a playground in the 40s. Yeah, and I got um, orange crates from the grocery store on the corner and that was our little cupboards for our little dishes and things. And um, I don't know how I got a little broom, but boy, I was so serious about sweeping that dirt floor. So, <laughs> and it, was, it, was so a, it was a perpetual pursuit. Yeah, <laughs> that, that kids, job was never done. Oh, sweeping the dirt floor. And all the all the little kids we go down in that dirt thing. And the big thing was to um, have a little container of water to take to our little um, outside house area. Or some graham crackers. That was such a treat. Anyway. Well, yeah. you also had told me a story about an Aunt Birdie. Oh, Aunt Bertha. Oh, you would love Aunt Bertha. Um, I think everyone that grew up in the 40s and 50s had an Aunt Bertha. Well, her name was Berta. And, and of all things, her last name was Umps. Bertha Umps. That's unfortunate. <laughs> and um, Bertha Umps... Um, lived on a farm, and I don't know how my mom and dad got to know her. Sounds but, like a nursery rhyme. I know. But, but go ahead. <laughs> oh my God! How she came way from South Thirteenth Street in Milwaukee all the way to our house faithfully, and sat all day in, in front of uh, a sewing machine, um, uh, making aprons for the bake shop. Uh, then in the um, uh, flower sacks were brought. My mom would wash them, and then she would cut them and sew up the aprons. And then, of course, in those days, um, you, if you got a hole in your sock, um, you, um, you you got on Amazon and just ordered some more socks. No, you fixed the hole in oh. the sock. You mended it. But what's and what's another word for mending socks? Darning. Yes, darning. That's one of my favorite words from that time period. And then um, what else? Oh, I'm gonna go on YouTube and learn how to darn socks. <laughs> So there were what a, you know, what, a, what a great irony that would be. There's got to be a YouTube video about that, right? But how great is that irony that to learn serious. how to darn socks by watching a YouTube video? Yeah, so and they, they sold darning darning um, you know uh, thread darning thread specifically for that reason. And then um, makes um, me so happy. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, my three brothers, of course, you know all the the, the pants. So when the, the one kid. Um, um, outgrew the pants, you looked at the pants, and maybe the younger one could wear them. So then if there was a hem in there, you let the hem down. Or um, if one needed that was too big, then you had to hem it up. So you really got good use out of every pair of pants. And Bertha also hems up, hems down. (laughs) (laughs) And then then eventually you got them. Yes, yes. So she basically came and helped your mom out. Yes, 
Yes, and my mom had no time ever to help me with homework, never. But Bertha was there, and I can still see me go up to her at the sewing machine and asking her if she would please help me with one of my word math problems. Oh, sure, she'd say. So anyway, then at the end of the day, my dad would load up um, the car uh, with bakery for her and um, take her way over to the south side of Milwaukee where she would then... um, uh, go to her son's jewelry store, and then he would take her to, to the farm. And then um, a big treat was, because we didn't go very many places, was on Sunday we would get in the car and um, go to see Aunt Bertha. And again, Aunt Bertha lived on a farm, and I can still see riding down that dirt road up to the farmhouse, and um, she, Bertha had several cats, and she'd have little bowls of milk on the... <laughs> porch I could still and of course when you approach the house the cats would run everywhere but um, um, anyway then um, she had a wood burning stove and a big kitchen big 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 kitchen that was very popular in farm homes with a high high ceiling and I can still see um, the light um, uh, wire coming down from the ceiling dropping down the wall the bulb in the corner was a cot on which just a bulb just a bulb uh in um the pa pa slept in the corner and he didn't help her with one darn thing so she had a you know not even the darning not even the darning so she had to do the work in the field and then he didn't work on the farm oh no 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 he was no good no good so um then one time we went, and I said, Aunt I have to go to the bathroom. So I went into her bathroom, and lo and behold, um, there was a chicken in the tub. And I said... <laughs> Seems normal to me. Yeah, that's just normal. I said, I came out, and said, Aunt what's a chicken doing? Then I well, the chicken's sick. It has to stay in the tub. I'm, I'm trying to get it back back to good health. I mean, what else are you going to do with your sick chicken? I know. So anyway... Did the chicken live? I don't know if the chicken lived or not, but anyway... Um, I loved Aunt Bertha. I loved, loved, loved her. And um, well, she was not really a biological aunt. She was uh, just a friend of the family, but we called her aunt anyways. And then later on, um, she got sick. And she was, you know, she was old when she was helping us, but she was old then. And her family put her into a nursing home. And I can still picture that like it was yesterday, too. And um, uh, it was a, a two-story place. And no elevator. We walked up these stairs, and Aunt Bertha was upstairs in her room, and just sitting there, so sweet, with a little like a a dishpan on her lap, with um, little colored beads like a baby would play with to you know uh, snap together and pull apart, and just you know give her something to do and work with her hands because she worked with her hands. Right, sewing all the time. All the time, she had to, had to do something with her, her hands. hands. So um, um, now that I think about it, that was a smart thing that, that was very provide smart. her with that. So I was very sad when eventually Bertha uh, passed away. And then, of course, when my grandma passed away, too, because um, she was with us for four years. And, and I can still picture and talk about memories that I get implanted in a child's brain of things that you're impacted with. I can still see the ambulance pulling up in front of the house and bringing Grandma in. And um, and then she occupied a um, room upstairs that was hers. And then my th- three brothers had one room, and I um, 
And my two sisters had one room, and I was in the corner with in my mom and dad's room. And so then anyway, then um, Grandma eventually got sick, and she died, and we were all there. And I can remember the, them taking her from the house out. And it was sad. It was, but what are you going to do? Now, this is the grandma who at 90, I think, mm-hmm. said to you, I think I'm feeling my age. No. No? That was Grandma Moyer. That was another grandma. She was ni- my dad's mom. Oh. 96. She was 96. And um, mother of nine had her... Um, Ninth child. All, all all the children were born at home, and she had her ninth child when um, she was forty five. And um, oh my God! And she and, at ninety six. She told you she was. So you had two grandmas that lived well into their age. Yes, and so anyway, uh, this grandma, um, um, that um, she, they didn't have a lot of money. Lastly, so they moved into an apartment building. And um, and um, their one son and his wife, the head of the unit next to um, theirs, and um, we we would have big parties there. We'd open up the two apartment units, and grandmas and my aunt would would cook, and oh my God, all this good food, and the cousins would go in the basement and play, and nobody in the apartment building cared. But that had been chaotic, you know. And but my dad would. <laughs> Would bring bakery and take it out over to all the people in the apartment building. And at these family (laughs) gatherings, Mom, you had said that they all spoke German to each other, but they didn't speak it to the kids. Right. So none of you learned German. No. But all of the aunts, uncles, and grandparents spoke German. Yeah. And do you think that that was because of what was going on in the world? I don't know. I don't know. But they're they're big. Do you understand the question? Yeah, but they didn't want because, us to hear it. Well, because you know, Germany was on the other side of World War II. I know, right? And that and that had just concluded a few years prior, or at least within the, de- the decade before. Right, but um, that was their language. Remember, the, um, right? But why not pass English. it on to your kids? They didn't realize the importance of that at the time. They did not realize the importance. I of I kind of think there's They're, more to that. They thought to learn to speak English. Yeah, uh, was the most important thing. Oh, I understand that, English. but I think they gotcha. felt like that because of what was going on in World War II. Mm-hmm. Probably. I mean, there is something about a, a family that immigrates to the United States. There's a lot of pride in that. Oh, I see. So. I know that part as well. But like, if you're, there were so many conspiracy theories going on then. Like, and if Absolutely. you heard people speaking German, mm-hmm. that could make anyone nervous because that was the beginning of the Cold War. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. So anyway, we always had a busy household, um, but um, always a good meal on the table. And my dad would, um, oh, at one one point he got so disgusted with the bake shop that he said no more. So he, uh, he, he must have sold it. Maybe that's when, let's see. Maybe that's when he sold it, and then they big, build the place on 49th and North Avenue. But um, he went um, and bought a farm. He bought a farm. And my mom said she will never, never move out on the farm. She said, I'm a city girl. I'm not moving out to the farm. So um, they had um, cows and chickens and pigs and um, 
I, I imagine they grew some food stuff. So, so now, now your family was operating a bakery and a farm. Yeah, but m- mainly the farm became the prominent thing. And so anyway, um, my dad was wor- working with some piece of equipment and um, um, cut uh, two of his fingers very off. Uh, the, to the first, on his on his left hand, I can still see it. Me um, too. The first... Uh, to the first joint, yes. and so they were just kind of hangling there, hanging there, I guess. And he, th- he went, he drove home with his hand like that, probably had it wrapped up, and showed my mom and where she was supposed to fix it. She said, "I don't, I can't fix that hand." <laughs> don't go to the hospital. <laughs> go home and see uh, if Grandma. So, uh, <laughs> and Grandma wow. Moyer did not drive. No, my mom did not drive. No so way. So he had to drive himself to Absol- the hospital. Right, and so what we're and like, like never drove. Never like her entire she af- life, she never drove a car. Afraid, she was afraid right. to drive. No way, no way. So anyway, um, um, and there weren't any freeways to scare the bajubis out of you at that time. So I don't know why she was so afraid. <laughs> but anyway, that's, um, a, that's a technical traffic term, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So, so then, obviously, he refocused on the bakery. Yeah, eventually finally figured out that that was not the best thing. Although, man, I can still see him bringing home these big metal cans of milk, you know, from the cows and and food and chickens that, oh, my God, he brought live chickens home that my brothers had to chop their head off. In the garage. Goodness gracious. And oh, and sell the chickens in the neighborhood. Um, in the neighborhood. In Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sell the chickens. I, maybe they sold eggs too. I'm sure they did. I don't know. That sounds like a super idea. That whole plan just seems terrific. Yeah. So, but you had you you you, now, you and, did and what you had this, to do the during old, this time. Did where did you get your mouse? You had told me about you. Oh, did you get it from the farm? Or? Oh no, that my that was a long time after after all that. Oh, my yeah. sister Mary um, uh, graduated uh, in medical technology from college. And had, got a good job in downtown Milwaukee with, um, um, I think, a, I think the corners. <laughs> but anyway, whatever. There were mo- white mice there. <laughs> and she brought you a white mouse. Well, I she told me about the mice, and I, I told her I really would like one. So I don't know how she got it home. I would really she, like one of those mice. <laughs> but so anyway, um, she did bring one, and my mom didn't care. So just as long as keep. Keep it outside. Keep it outside. Well, no, because there was livestock and chickens and stuff being brought in the house. What difference does no, that was, more that, mouse was that, that was a long time <laughs> after oh, okay. the chickens. All right, all right. So, well, but in any case, there was precedent set for wild animals certainly. and farm animals being around the home. Yeah. So I got a box and I put my little mouse friend in there and I put it some kind of a cover over so it wouldn't get out and I fit it all little rice puffs. And like that, gave it some water, and I really liked the, that little mouse. It was, I thought, so cute. And so um, I can still feel holding it and petting this little head and saying, how cute, tell him how cute it was. <laughs> and so anyway, then and, one... And then there was an Of Mice and Men incident, and that was the end of the mouse. Yeah, so yeah. Then, But anyway, one day uh, I told this to, to Ann, and I, I said she inquired about my little mouse. Um, I was to go up to um, my, my the school by, um, I don't know, maybe it was second grade or so. 
uh, for don't ask me what reason. And um, maybe maybe it was no reason. Maybe I just figured that our teacher was still there, and I wanted to show her my mouse. So I I um, had a, li- a little blue jacket with a zipper. I zipped that little zip thing up, and I put the mouse in the pocket, and up to school I went. And um, I showed the teacher the mouse. Well, she said it, thought it was cute, but she wasn't that impressed. <laughs> but anyway. Wasn't um, nearly as, impre- as enamored by the mouse as you were. Right. So um, brought it home, and eventually, uh, you know, um, it got out of the, uh, of the little enclosure that I had for it, and I was so sad. And then one day I'm looking out um, of the kitchen window, at, um, and then we, were, we backed up to some other people's home, and there was a garden, and I saw the little mouse running through the garden. And I thought, <laughs> oh, oh, my God, there's my mouse. <laughs> <laughs> but he was happy. Happy, happy, free as a little, as a, you know, just free as could be. And still hanging got, around. Yeah, still staying there around. There you go. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. So, that happened. <laughs> so, what, what else should we... So, sure. so fast forwarding a little bit, in your notes, you made some references to some TV shows that you enjoyed growing up. Uh, Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. And, right. And Howdy Doody. I'm sorry, wait, say that last one again. Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. Yep. Fran was the, the woman that um, um, kind of sh- was in a conversation with these two little hand puppets. And, <laughs> and then... Um, and then, of course, Howdy Doody. Yeah, Howdy Doody. And then you enjoyed Westerns, just like everyone else in the United States at the time. Yep. Initially, we didn't um, have a big screen TV, just little black and white. And the, the cabinets were huge. And we were just happy to um, be able to, um, to have that. And then um, when I was really little, um, uh, we didn't even have TV. We, we just had one little radio. And I can still see it up on a shelf in the kitchen. Two dials, just one where you could set the dial and the other on and off. And my grandma would be sitting there and um, Bertha and maybe some other family aunts. And they'd all be listening to the uh, stories on the radio. Ah, the stories. The stories. Like days of our lives, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then that just kept going on with you and mom. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that gave both. It the started TV. on the radio. It did. You didn't oh know that great, with our great grandmother. Did you not know that? Oh my! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then at Christmas, they'd uh, air a little uh, show called Billy the Brownie, and oh, I used to love to listen to Billy the Brownie. But just think about it: one little radio, and um, we we're happy to have that one radio. And then, of course, when the the TVs came in, the little tiny little screen with the big um, cabinet in black and white, we thought, oh, man, we are really stepping up now. And as far as telephone, uh, for a long time, we had a shared line on a black telephone. And um, so um, sometimes you pick up and and somebody else was at the time in, in a conversation so you have to put it down and wait for them to finish. come back later. so like like the neighbor yeah yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's so not that's entirely how, different than it is now right oh my gosh yeah so that yeah so so give us just a a summary just a summary of your of your school experience i started out with uh kindergarten at a, at a um public school and so they um, had kindergarten in 1949 it was, that was something that was already established. Yeah. Okay. And um, 
um, I, I had a walk there most of the time by myself although sometimes Aunt Bertha would help me cross the busy street okay, and wait, so hang on <laughs> so, you, so you walked to kindergarten at the age of five yeah, yeah. down down the road oh, across yeah. a busy street by yeah. yourself yeah and it was a street okay. that the streetcars went on and and stuff but yeah <laughs> uh, not oh uh, uh, yeah absolutely and nobody was there after school to pick you up you simply came out and made, find found your way home and, and walked home again walked home. again mostly by yourself by yourself and but sometimes aunt bertha was there someone she was at the house to help with other things then and it was a half day situation and i can still remember um taking a nap on a piece of carpet and uh, drawing um, tulips and working with puzzles. That was kindergarten. And then um, then I went um, to kindergarten in, in um, at Catholic school. Um, um, I, I, I think I must have passed kindergarten, but <laughs> that I repeated or what, don't ask me. But it, um, it was a you know, half-day situation, and the other thing was a half-day situation. So it was, we probably had to put in a whole year. So that was, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I still have my report card. But um, then um, I stayed at that school until fifth grade. And uh, I don't have the note in here, but um, I was always af- kind of afraid to go to school because um, my brothers were kind of naughty. And, um, <laughs> kind of. And I thought, so what, so what, made the, what made you afraid of school because of that? Well, well, because I thought the sisters wouldn't like me because they were mad at my brothers. <laughs> and, and by yeah. sisters, because... Cause the nuns. Because we're located in the South. We're, this show's out of Texas. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> People down here can't relate to you know, your Catholic education. So yeah, no. you went to a school that was, that was part of the Catholic Church. Correct. And the teachers and administration were all priests and... Catholic nuns in the school of Catholic nuns, okay. absolutely, and so um, which there's and, people in this part of the country that don't even know what that is. But no, they don't. In any case, that's yeah, that, that was the situation, right? But I liked it there. And but anyway, um, um, then my my parents continued to work, 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 and um, made money. Uh, and they, my dad, uh, then when I was in fifth grade, which would have been in nineteen. I don't know, 55? Yes, that's about right. 11. 55. Built my mom a, a beautiful home on a corner, um, brick, um, one story, um, four-car garage. Oh, my gosh, it was so beautiful, I thought. And a dishwasher was in that house. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. My mom finally got a new set of dishes. Prior to that, we had um, dishes that nothing matched. I mean, all all different kinds of plates, and they were, you know, got broken or whatever, and you just bought a couple more plates and added, but it was just a menagerie of mm-hmm. things, just a menagerie. So my mom got a dishwasher and a new set of dishes. I could not believe it. So anyway, um, I had to find my way to the school, uh, which is also a Catholic school, and my my mom didn't have a car, and so you just go down that street and down around the corner, and I thought, oh, God. And um, so I found my way down to the school, and I got up to the fifth grade classroom. Oh, I can still see that day. And I saw there a girl that I knew from my other school. Her name was Marianne Krems. And I'm... Um, I was just so happy to see her. Oh, gosh. And so anyway, at lunch, um, I was to go home to have lunch, walk home for lunch. And I came out of the school. I didn't know what direction to go in. 
I've got so much time and to get home, eat my lunch, and get back here. And, and if I can't find my house, <laughs> but um, so I started out, and it started to look more and more familiar, you know, streets. So I thought I must be going in the right direction. Then I went further down. Oh yeah, I know this place now. So I went down, and and I guess I made it back in time. <laughs> but um, so that was that was um, interesting. And um, so where did you go to high school? I went to an all-girls Catholic high school. And what was it called? Divine. At the time, it was Divine Savior. Then um, I went on to college, to um, Mount Mary College, all-girls Catholic college, which is now Mount Mary University. And I graduated with a bachelor's degree in art and a minor in home ec, certified to teach 12, K through 12. And, and that, col- or that college is across the street from your house. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. On Colonial Drive. Right. Well, sometimes I used to um, uh, walk uh, just across campus, but in the summer, or I'm summer, in the winter when it was so cold and, and all the snow, um, my dad let me take his car. And I had a lot of art, uh, things from, from my art courses. Okay, once again, we, we've run out of time, and we're going to continue this in another episode. So we'll see you guys in the next episode. Absolutely. Great. Please join us tomorrow for part three. We have so much to cover, including how mom meets dad and her response when my dad decides to move our entire family hundreds of miles away to a foreign land. Until tomorrow, this is the Gravity Beard Podcast. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. We're in a slowdown zone, baby, look at that clock. Why can't it be wrong if we could have left home at a quarter to nine? This was a podcast from the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.